Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. My opportunity is just to come in to compete, and that's all I wanted. Um, so for me, I don't want to take anything away from Brock, and no one should be able to take anything away from Brock. Uh, he did what he did last year, and he deserves all the credit in the world for it. Uh, like I said, for me, I just wanted an opportunity to compete. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, what does that sound like to you? What, is, what does Trey Lance sound like to you when you hear him talking about saying, Brock Purdy's getting his chance? What does that, what does that sound like to you? Um, it sounds to me like he's frustrated. Uh-huh. Uh, but playing the game. Mm, okay. Explain uh, playing the game for some people. I think... In Trey Lance's shoes right now, he finds himself in a unique situation where two years ago he was going to be the starter. They touted him as the future of the 49ers, and then he blows a knee. Mm -hmm. And then they throw in Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, and he comes out of nowhere and becomes the hero of San Francisco. Um, I think he's, um, you know, just putting – myself in his situation as a former athlete that's a tricky spot to be in because they gave you the title without you earning it Mm -hmm. and then someone came in and earned it himself yeah so I, i i can pick up on his frustration right there but you can't blame brock purdy and you also can't blame upper management of the 49ers i as a uh how should i refer to myself as as a current somewhat journalist, I, I hear Trey Lance as someone who still thinks he has a shot in San Francisco hmm. um, and maybe at the same time, because of that, doesn't want to get traded. I, and to your, your point of playing the game, that if you still feel like you have an outside shot and you love the organization and you don't want the organization to, um, to quit on you, you want to say all the right things. Right. Uh, you you want to show support as a good teammate. You you want to support because what has Brock Purdy ever done to you, except perform to benefit the team? Like he he hasn't done anything to you know deserve um, that kind of criticism. So I mean from from that sense, yeah, say all the right things, do all the right things, and if you feel like Brock Purdy is going to get hurt, or um, you know brought or or something happens, yeah. You want to feel like you're in the best position, not um, Sam Darnold, right? Sam mm-hmm. Darnold's the backup, well, one of the backup quarterbacks. You want to feel like you're next in line, not a guy who's a former starter. That's right. And the unfortunate thing with Trey Lance is something to the measure of what I just I said earlier, that he's still unproven mm-hmm. in my mind. He's proven nothing. Uh, other than him looking really good coming out of college, him testing really well at the combine, he's got a great body, he's got a great arm. Outside of that, he's done nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I- I- if I were him, I'm going to try to stick around the 49ers as long as possible. I would much rather be associated with that team and that culture of winning where they're going to have a chance every single year to come out of probably the NFC West on top right now. They're, they're by far the favorite in my mind. Yeah. Um, and one of the strongest in the all of the NFC. So what, why would you want to go from there to, say, 
I don't know, the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. I'll just throw my boys under the bus. <laughs> well, um, you don't want another quarterback. You, you, you've got your quarterback. That, that's right. I, I th- 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 wasn't trying to compare the situations right there. Yeah, but more just leaving a winning culture to go to somewhere else where you might get more playing time. Mm-hmm. I, t- to me, I, I don't know if I'd take that. By the way, I, I, I feel like uh, I feel so rude. I feel like the guy who walked into a party and just tried to bulldoze everybody without being like, hey, that's Hunter Hughes. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is called Off the Bench. This is go. what we do on a daily basis. I was just like, hey, content. Let's go straight there and just introduce ourselves later. Not like people, I mean, some people listening for the first time may not know who we are. Uh, we are here, by the way, at Growler Hawaii. We're right off of Kapahulu. We got the really big road show a little bit later on. So um, I just made the executive decision to say, um, let's just be here two hours early. And let's just chill because we can go watch the Angels game and then we can go watch surfing, and then uh, we'll just do the show here from 5 to 7 for the uh, for the really big road show. So you just kind of figured best of both worlds. And um, yeah, I've, I'm, never I'm, been, I've never been here. Oh, really? This is my first first time ever to Growler. Wow. Um, and I'm counting to see if they truly do have over 100 beers on tap. Oh, you really want to count? Uh, no, I don't. It, yeah. it looks like a lot, though. It is. I'll take their word for it. It is. You know what you have to do? And I, and I think it was, uh, was it Kanoa who said this at one point? is however however long you want to do it, just get, grab a little sample of each and see how long it takes you to get to 100. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how long it would take you. It might take me a year, maybe longer, uh, because I'm, I'm admittedly kind of a lightweight. How big are the samples? Uh, that I don't know. Again, I'm a lightweight. I, they, don't, I mean, I don't. if they were shot glasses, we might have a better chance. But yeah, I, I'd say probably something a little bit bigger than that. You know, we'll have to we'll have to ask the experts that work here uh, a little bit later <laughs> on to see uh, how often they they do something like that. But uh, or how far they've made it in a single sitting. I wonder. I wonder if that's like a prerequisite for the job. I mean, if you can go the length, of, uh, it's literally the length of the of the wall. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now, of of taps. If you can go the length of the wall, I want a plaque with my name on it in here. <laughs> because of uh, course you're 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 jeopardizing a trip to the hospital. Yeah, well that's why. I mean, you 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 spread it out over X amount of time. If you can get it done in I don't know less than a year. I don't I don't know how long it takes. Uh, again, me being a lightweight. Then uh, you know you you're, you're in good shape. You know if you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. And That's if, I, <laughs> if I play that game, I want a prize. There is some space on the wall. There's, There's plenty of space, yeah, on some other walls. Not not the wall with all the kegs <laughs> on it, or sorry, the, the taps, because it's tapped out at this point. But uh, nevertheless, it's it's good to be down here at Growler. It is uh, coming up a little bit later on. Um, bottom of the hour, you, you were around uh, on Monday. I yeah. taped an interview with Dane Viernes. Um, Power Slap is, uh, is having an event today. It's on Rumble, and there's a couple of Hawaii guys. One is going for a belt. Yes, they have um, championship belts in slapping each other across the face. What does it look like? What does the belt look like, Josh? Don't know. I haven't looked. I would love if it was a giant golden hand. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? It would be fantastic. Um, so Dane Vierna <laughs> is um, is one of the guys who's competing today. So you'll hear that conversation coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we we do got a little bit of golf to get to as well. We do. Um, I know it's 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 been a couple of days, but I still think there is a good conversation to be had about what maybe has changed here over the last couple of days 
with, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a PGA champion who's from Liv. Yeah. Um, and, and how things feel like feel different I, I think after um, what happened on Sunday so we'll we'll get into that in a little while but I want to finish the Niners conversation since we started there since yeah. I just rudely interrupted the content for the introduction um, put yourself in Kyle Shanahan's shoes who are you starting week one or maybe better yet are you taking the preseason to figure it out how, how, how do you accomplish that to figure out who is the right guy for the job? To me, no. I, I think that Brock Purdy has done far and away enough to earn the starting job mm-hmm. at the San Francisco 49ers. I, I can only imagine he has won the locker room. Um, to, to me, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, that's the number one thing I'm looking at because you've got three – Ad, yeah, adequate, uh, capable guys right. of playing quarterback right now. I'm most concerned well, about... Well, do you have three adequate and capable guys? Because you don't know if Trey Lance is adequate or capable. I'm, I'm playing the hypothetical okay. Okay. Uh, game right here that, that I'm believing that he is capable. We, we know Darnold is definitely capable. You are such a positive guy. I, I try to be a glass-half-full <laughs> individual. Um, but uh, with that in mind, my, my thought... It, goes directly to the locker room who is the leader of the team uh and if not the whole team who are the guys rallying around right now who uh really and when you look at the the 49ers you need a game manager yeah. you don't need a world-class game-changing quarterback you just need someone to not turn the ball over right you have such a phenomenal cast of talent and superstars on both sides of the football right there you just need someone that won't mess it up. This is a decision you can't take lightly, though. I, I think before the draft, I think we would have said, you know, um, San Francisco is far and away the best team in the NFC West. Mm. I don't know that I can say that because I look at I, I look at Seattle. I think Seattle's gotten better through the draft. Um, we learned last year that Gino is no slouch. No, you're right, and I don't. I don't think it's a one-off, and I, I think Seattle believes that. I. I believe in the Rams. Mm. I don't believe that what happened last year is going to be consistent with where the Rams will be going forward. I think they they will have a better year. Um, the Cardinals will not. No. no. <laughs> I believe the Cardinals are who we think they are. Yes. Um. But but. You know, that that makes the point that you have to make every decision now. You cannot afford to be trial and error with these decisions. You've got to make a good decision now. And if that means you're making your decision after your preseason because you want to see synergy, you want to see who the right guy is, if you got to do that because Brock Purdy, while I believe he's done enough to earn the job, let's also remember he's had less than one year of starting quarterback experience. Sam yeah. Darnold's got more starting quarterback experience. Trey Lance is supposed to be was supposed to be the next big thing. Um, what does a half a year of being a starter do for every other team that's now got film? How to mm-hmm. play him? Um, what tendencies he has? Yeah, he's not sneaking up on anybody now. Right, right. So I do think that makes a little bit of a difference. Um, 
because I don't think it it is a shoe in that Brock Purdy's the starter mm. because I do think that there are some some outside things and again well I, I shouldn't say again we haven't said it yet we don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent. That's right. Uh, it was a shoulder, wasn't mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, on his throwing arm. Um, the other interesting thing to me is that they brought Sam Darnold over there when him and Christian McCaffrey were former teammates right. over at the Panthers. So I can't help but wonder if they thought about that a little bit. Chemistry is a big deal. Chemistry is a very big deal whenever you're putting an offense together, guys comfortable with each other, and especially someone like McCaffrey who goes out for so many passes. It's mm-hmm. different than a typical um, pass-protecting, sometimes running, running back. Chris McCaffrey is totally different. So yeah. I, I like to think about that too. And John Lynch and uh, um, uh, their coach, that Shanahan, oh, Shanahan. Yeah. They, make, they make no – decisions by accident so it'll be interesting to see josh i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that trey lance is going to be the third string quarterback going into next year i think that's probably safe i don't think you brought in sam darnold to be a guy who's off and on the depth chart and is spending a lot of time on the practice squad or the uh or, or the scout team um Sam Darnold's better than that. Maybe his results don't totally show it, but talent-wise, he is better than that. And I don't think you'd be wasting money if you put him in that spot, unless he absolutely deserved it and he hasn't performed well, then sure. Okay, put him on on third team. Put him on the practice squad, fine. But I don't think he's going to be in that position. I I don't don't think you sign a veteran um, unless he is a career McCown. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and then you, you find him in that situation. But I, I doubt it here. I think they're going to test Lance in the market right now. Um, they still have him at the beginning of their career, and they could throw him out there and see what they, they just might get for him. To me, I think that's the logical move right here. That's where preseason comes in. Mm. That is where you play him a bunch in the preseason. You commit to either Darnold or Purdy. Play Lance a bunch. See if a team's willing to swoop in for him, and then there you go. Now you now you might have market value. Or if Lance isn't very good and you don't have market value, then that cements what you did in bringing in Darnold. It cements what you did uh, in making him a, a, a number two, most likely, and, uh, and 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 you're in a good shape at that point. You know who's really done well in this situation is Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yeah. To do not all that much this last year and then find himself starting for another NFL team. Right. Uh, tip of the cap to whoever his agent is. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that, that that's a job well done. Yeah, absolutely. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, good to have you in here on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Coming up. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about golf. We've got to go right to your wheelhouse. And a little bit later on, there is John Morant news. And it, it's it's sobering to a degree, actually, the John Morant news that actually did come out today. That's coming up. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pashenko off the bench from uh, Growler, Hawaii. We're right off of Kapahulu. It's ESPN Honolulu. Good to have you in. All of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. You know a guy, Aloha Kia, celebrating the military during military month. Uh, Dane Viernes, power slapper. Or wait, no, no, no. Uh, what did he tell me on Monday? Um, professional slap fighter. 
That's what it's called. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's true. I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not fibbing. Is it a fight? Well Can they call it a fight? A fight starts I think a fight can start when you get slapped in the face, purposely or not. It's not a fight for me if you're taking turns. Well, it's not a fight if you're not taking turns. If it's a one-sided beatdown, that's not a fight either. Okay, but for, for a ref to say, okay, you don't get to hit him yet. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, now you can. To me, that's not a fight. See, me... Oh, boy. It's a slap contest. Me having never really been in a fight, um, I probably would be the last person to answer this question. But I would think... Unless you get knocked out and you haven't gotten a chance to swing, if each person has had at least one chance, then it is a forced fight. Okay. Not a natural fight. A natural fight is you're just slugging and brawling, you're going to the ground, and you're just not caring. Um, this would be a forced fight, a sanctioned fight, a heavily ruled fight. To me, this is like if boxing had the same rules as penalty kicks. <laughs> you get to go. Now you get to go. Well, you're going to love this, though. And they don't get to move, Josh. That's right. they got to stand there like, like, like a statue and let the other guy smack him. <laughs> and, and you know what happens if you move, right? You lose? No, you'll hear it in the interview coming up. Okay. Nice That's, tease. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Texter from the 747. We were talking about uh, Brock Purdy a little while ago. Practicality and what have you done for me lately comes into play here with the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy was electric in his regular season starts and was a baller, and if he hadn't been injured against the Eagles in the postseason, we might be having a different conversation about him. Deep breath. Trey Lance, I'm trying, I'm trying to read a text in one breath and look at how long that text is. It, it covers my whole screen. It looks like a text you get from your girlfriend when she's upset. Oh, no, she doesn't write text that long. Well, then nope. you're doing a good job, my friend. Questionable. <laughs> but even if she was upset, she wouldn't write them that long. They would be shorter. There we go. They would be one word and then be silence. <laughs> anyway, to continue... Trey Lance can't stay healthy in the past two seasons, so that's not a good sign, and he's totally unproved. And Sam Darnold in his career has been a turnover machine. I remember my Denver Broncos thought four good games in the last half of the 2019 season mattered, and we all know how that turned out. You'd have to be absolutely bananas to start Sam Darnold. Brock Purdy is the logical and most statistically sound choice as far as what these three quarterbacks have done in games that matter. Taking a bow, LOL, crying, laughing face. Um... Does that make sense? It does. Brock Purdy is the logical and most statistically sound choice to start? Yes. Uh, in the interest of Sam Darnold, I put him in a similar category as Mitch Trubisky, who, oh, no, don't who do has that been passed around a little bit and has <laughs> lost his chance as a starter. Now, he's going to have to work really hard again to earn that right as a starter again. That, that, that's my, my main comparison okay, right there. Okay, okay. And I, I'm Sorry, a Bears any, fan. Anytime you just put him up with Mitch Trubisky, it feels like a really losing, losing situation. Trubisky has found himself in a favorable position um, backing up Josh Allen over for the Buffalo Bills right now. So let, let's not forget, Darnold went from the Jets, where he was a starter, to the Panthers, where he backed up uh, Baker Mayfield. 
and now he's over on the West Coast, right? Looking like he's gonna Brock, uh, Brock up, back up Brock <laughs> Purdy. So I, I think it's a similar situation, maybe not quite apples to apples, but uh, he's gonna need to earn his right to to be a starter again. Brock up sounds like Brock uh, up. It, it sounds you like better Brock up, buddy. No, it sounds like uh, Hulk up. You know, when you when you punch Hulk Hogan and he does the whole hulking up thing and all of a sudden he, you punch him and he feels nothing and then he goes, you, and then he starts beating you up. Uh, again, I'm going to have to take your word for it. Yes, because you were not allowed to watch it. I wasn't allowed to watch kid. it. Well, that, that's, that's, that's the running line of this show. Oh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Uh, we are watching Power Slap. Uh, we are doing this. We're, there's a, a Power Slap 2 uh, which is uh, taking place right now. It's in Las Vegas, and it's very early on in the card. It started about half an hour ago. So uh, while the card is going on, they're leading to one of the co-main events, which has uh, uh, a Hawaii guy in uh, the co-main event going for, for one of the titles. We got to talk to one of the guys who is, uh, who is on the main card as well. Uh, his name is Dane Viernes, and uh, I talked to him on Monday in preparation for uh, his bout today. And I asked Dane, uh, how does one become a professional in power slap? And this is how he answered. Man, the, the, the opportunity to, to become a, you know, a professional slap fighter in power slap, and that the, the opportunity was given to me actually by my older brother. They was looking for him to come in and, and fight somebody. But... Um, yeah, I guess he's tied up in his contract that he has before. So, you know, uh, I'm, I was uh, next in line. So, you know, I figured I'd pick up the ball and, you know, run with this. What's your older brother's name? Uh, my, my older brother's name is Koa, the crazy Hawaiian, or Lane Viernes. Nice. Um, and, and remind me, what was what was the exact name of what a professional power slap um athlete is what what name did you use oh um it's actually yeah a professional slap fighter oh okay professional so, slap fighter got it okay yeah um yeah so so when your brother passes down that opportunity to you had you ever done something like that before uh yes actually um my brother is the one that he he actually was hosting his own slap event in california and and i was um one of the fight on that on his card. And it was like two, almost two years ago. So when you first had a a, a a slap fighting when your first slap fighting event happened, um, huh. what kind of went through your mind as you did that for the first time? Oh yeah, man, that is it's different. It's nothing like anything else you can experience. But once you get slapped in the head. That's it. Everything you know, all your technique, everything went out the door. All that went out the door. All you like do is just hold your fist and just hit them with your fist. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had this happen to me, so this is not this is not something I'm accustomed to. But but take me through what preparation there is as a uh, professional slap fighter. What kind of preparation right. do you take going into uh, to to your slap fighting bout? Well, I, I just take all the, you know, the proper precautions because, you know, you don't wanna, you don't wanna miss, you don't wanna, um, when you when you're on the main stage and you gotta perform, you don't wanna, you don't want your technique to be off, you don't want your 
you know, um, accuracy be off. So what I what I do to train is just I work in on my motions. I go through all the motions, like everything, how for, you know, how for not move my feet when you, cause you, you can get a penalty in this, you know, in, in this sport. It's different because they really get officials to watch everything. They get officials to call everything, call one step. In, in this slap fighting game, you can't move your feet and you can't flinch. If you do either or, you're going to get slapped again. When you get slapped oh, yeah. that first time, what does it feel like? And what does it feel like when you slap back? Oh, man, that when you when I first get slapped, it it's, um, it's you know, it, it kind of takes you back a little bit. But if you, if you don't get knocked out, you just get mad. <laughs> but but um, when, when you, when I receiving the, you know, giving a slap, you really, you know, you can't really tell, you can't really judge when you do knock the guy out. You just got to have that accuracy and, you know, you, all your nerves, everything, you kind of, once you get slapped, all your nerves is all over the place. <laughs> Take me through your upbringing. I mean, you were born in Hilo. Um, you've gone through Honolulu, you're, you're in Vegas now, but take, take me through your upbringing yeah. and, and where, how that has led you to, to where you are now. Yeah. Well, actually, I was born in, in Oahu on the west side of Hawaii, and then I moved to the Big Island and I graduated up um, in Kona, Kealakehe High School. And then I was living all over the island from, you know, uh, Waikoloa to Waimea, and then I, I moved to Kohala. Then I moved to, end up going to um, Hilo, and I was living in Hilo for a while in Curtis Town and, and Kalapana was out there. And uh, that was, you know, the best thing, you know, I could ever go through because, you know, living off the land, off the aina, you know, no, nobody going to have that experience as Hawaiians growing up there. What led you, I mean, do you, do you have a mixed martial arts background, you know, before ever getting into this? Um, I did, I did a little bit, um, like, uh, a wrestling and, uh, um, I, I do do boxing classes, but I haven't been doing that for a while because I was in a, um, car accident, like almost two months ago. And, and how are you, how are you doing after that? Oh, it's, it's all good right now. It's, um, just receiving my healing, but. I kind of end up damaging my my right arm, but I'm I'm a natural southpaw, so my left hand is my power hand. Wow. Um, when that happened, when that accident happened, did you kind of, did you worry at all about what that would do to to this opportunity for you, or you know, and anything you had going on, you know, life wise? Did you worry about what that yeah. would do? Um. Yeah, I kind of had little worries because. I was training my right arm. I was training it. I was, you know, really giving it, a, you know, the the full beans, you know, before my accident. I was, I was planning on blowing out my right arm, but I ended up actually getting into a car accident and blowing out my right arm. So I would rather get slapped than get into a car accident because you can, you can replace everything but, but your life. You can replace everything else but your life. So, you know, you, we, we only live once, so. Learn from my mistakes, and you know, uh, I just keep moving forward. Tell me about your matchup coming up on Wednesday. 
oh man, this is this is exciting, you know, to me and this to be in that limelight to have uh, a, an opponent to go against. That's that's really the best thing right now, it, it, to have Slap for Cash as my opponent. Um, actually, his followings and everybody's bringing all these followers, and I'm actually kind of riding their wave, riding the clout because I'm getting some some of these followers. I'm getting some support from all everybody, all the locals, everybody, you know, like support the, the Hawaiians in the slap, uh, power slap. So, so that's Dane Viernes. Uh, I spoke with him earlier this week. Again, professional slap fighter is what they call it. And during that interview, and by the way, all of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Uh, they are uh, proud supporters of our military during Military Month. During that interview, I decided, let's watch Power Slap bout, which is actually taking place. Uh, this, We've got it on live right yeah, now. Yeah, this, this, it's on Rumble. Um, this is the card that Dane and one of the other Hawaii guys are on. They're in round number three of their welterweight match, uh, this particular one that's going on. And I'd love Hunter because this is the first time I've watched an event live. Um, I don't. Is this your first time watching one of these first live? First time ever watching it live. I've seen highlights of this before. Uh, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words right now, Josh. Okay. Th th this take, is the me first... through, take me through your thinking as you're going through this. First thing is I know I could compete right now. But I don't want to. This is the wait, first time. Wait, hold on. You think you can compete in power slap? I could go up there and get hit in the face. Absolutely, I could. That's basically all that that is required of this. Tell me what. Tell me what gives you the belief that you can take a shot to the face. Uh, I can sign my name. That's all that's required here. I can write Hunter on a line that signs away my permission slip that I'm going to get a concussion if I go up there. That's all that's required for, from these people. So, okay, with that said, you said you can take one. But I'm not going yeah. to. By the way, see, this guy just committed a foul. Oh, yeah. he stepped outside of his little he, box. He pivoted. He have to stay flat-footed. You, you can't pivot your foot. For that, that they need to have the Ross Geller audio of him yelling pivot from friends whenever they're carrying the they're carrying the couch up if you pivot that that they should blare that on the loudspeaker pivot 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 that's what they should do okay but the question that i was going to ask you was yeah. can you give it definitely but again i th th this is the, the the first paid competition that i don't want any part of even though i know i could okay no chance would i do this 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 is full of people, Josh, that don't have many other options. Whew. That's that's the real thought that's coming to mind right okay. now. Unfortunately, yeah. This is um. But hey, if it's your thing, I I, I want to end it with a little bit of aloha. <laughs> if it's your thing, go for it. Because yeah. we're watching also right next to the live video is a live chat stream. Oh yes. And this thing is going. <laughs> Bonkers there's, right now. There is some comedy on the live chat. By the way, it's a three round, so you get like three slaps each, and they all stayed upright. And they all shook hands. So is it a draw if you stay upright? No, they, they go to the scorecard. No, they yes. have scores. They have scorecards. Judges? Yes, it's like boxing. Golly, I, I want to know how they score it. And they're going to raise a hand? They're going to raise a hand. For those listening, it's 
it's directed and produced very similar to UFC fight because the UFC owns Power Slap, so they have. In fact, they had uh, Michael Bisping, who's a, a former Buffer's UFC. not there though. No, Buffer's not there, unfortunately. But they had uh, Michael Bisping, who's a former UFC fighter, uh, as one of the announcers on this thing, and so he had his own scorecard. It's like boxing; you don't go down. So it's like what significant strikes or how you had your strikes, and then of course this guy got deducted a point because he pivoted because he wasn't supposed to, which would make me think that he's going to lose because nobody else got deducted a point. Um, but the yeah. man on the right does not look okay. No, because he got really, really red. Gosh. <laughs> I, I know. This is really riveting radio. This is power slap. And uh, apparently what it feels like when you watch it for the first time and what you ultimately take away from it when you watch it for the first time. And, yes, frankly – it is jarring to watch. Give this sport a year or two to gain popularity, and I promise you our boys from out here are going to rule this sport. The, the guy that you interviewed, yeah, I, I guarantee all, all my buddies that I've played with, they would rule this. They would wipe the floor with these guys. It, a, in my mind, Josh, like <laughs> give it a couple years, this is going to be the Hawaii sport. They called it a draw. Gosh, I mean, deservedly so. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's uh, it, that's that's something. Um, there's there's your your live look at what it's like to watch a sport like that for the first time. Uh, wow, this might be this might be the way other people take it when they watch it for the first time. Speaking of taking, I want to take an Advil for these guys. <laughs> All right, let's recover from that last segment, Hunter. It's off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. We're at uh, Growler Hawaii, right off of Kapahulu. We're just we're pre-gaming. Is let, let's just say this is um, this is like the old days. This is like people going to the Aloha Stadium parking lot to tailgate before right. the big game. We are doing our tailgating here uh, prior to the really big road show here at Growler Hawaii coming up uh, at five o'clock. So uh, we're with you till then. You can text us at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. You can call us at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Uh, we haven't been together all that much here in the last couple of days, but um, everybody's still talking about what happened at the PGA Championship. Yes. I know you're still talking about everything that happened at the PGA Championship. Um, Brooks Kepka wins it. And for everybody that is very territorial about the game still, yeah. it seems like there are still a lot of people who are. I kind of paid attention to the last couple of rounds and honestly did not have the thought in my mind of, Oh, this guy's a live golfer. Mm. Whatever. In fact, there was one time where I did ask myself, wait, is Brooks a live golfer? But that was it. And not in like a, a negative kind of way. I just, I just needed to remind myself. Like, wait a sec. It's, I mean, maybe I wouldn't have known if he was a live golfer or not if CW didn't cut out of their telecast at 630 Eastern. Um, but maybe that actually did something for all the territorialness of what's going on. That maybe it... it Maybe it helped. Yeah. I don't know. Does it feel that way? Um, so everybody that has joined the Live are all brands themselves that are much older and much more established than even Live Golf itself. Yeah. So if there is an asterisk next to these guys' names, it's very trans- – like it's almost uh, impossible to see. 
in my mind, for the, the, the general golf fan that's out there is like, hey, it's Brooks Kepka. They don't say, hey, Brooks Kepka. Oh, by the way, he, he's on the live tour. Right. I, I, I don't think it's as big of a deal at all what it once was maybe last year this time. Mm. And him winning a major now to to me is is a is a much bigger deal um with the with the landscape of where golf is right now because it, it's more about he is a phenomenal golfer not so much he's on a competing golfing tour guys from the the european tour win majors all the time so yeah. to to me it puts the tours on the side and it puts golfers more at the center stage of the conversation which is what it should be it should be the best in the world against the best in the world. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, um, you were telling me this, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. When we were riding over to uh, to our little training thing, which is there's going to be a potential controversy coming up here with yes. the Ryder Cup, right? Big time. So the, the issue that we have right now is whenever these guys first jumped off of the PGA to go over to the live tours, like, okay, whatever, who cares? Actually, the PGA made a stance that said anyone who defects and goes over to live will not be eligible to play in the Ryder Cup. And this is a Ryder Cup year. It plays every other year. Just based off of points, Brooks Koepka is number six right now. He's sixth in Ryder Cup points, which would firmly establish him on that team if those points were to end today. Mm -hmm. Um and so they have a decision that they're going to make in the very near future. Are they going to honor him in terms of points or dishonor him, if you will, yeah. because he's on the live tour? I mean, we, when we were talking about this yesterday, uh, my initial thought was, well, hang on a second. Your goal is to win, right? I mean, you, you've got bragging rights on both sides, so... Isn't your goal to have the best on each side or on your side mm. in order to win? Like, if you don't have Brooks Kepka on your team because you're stubborn and you lose, then what? Who looks bad? Yeah, you know, I think this is where we're going to see the greatest controversy with PGA and Liv right now because... PGA and Live has always been, in my mind, we talked about it yesterday, a little bit more of a higher-level corporate administration mm-hmm. kind of back-and-forth battle. Right. And because of what the PGA stands for, because of their partnership with the United States, with it being a, a very nationally-backed uh, sporting franchise, and the Live is not, yeah. in some ways it's very oppositional towards that, with the Ryder Cup being Team USA, we're going to have a whole new mess of issues here that, that have a, a, a lot more to deal with. Maybe this is one of those things that breaks, you know, maybe maybe the winning the major is not enough, but maybe this is one of those things that breaks the territorial mm. chain of things. When you realize there's, there's ego and bragging rights and all that stuff at stake, that maybe you kind of soften things up. Maybe, because, I mean, the majors haven't. The majors haven't said, oh, no, you can't be here. You can't be here. You can't be here. And the, the, they, the Masters has honored it. Right? Yeah. They were they were the one. Before Ryder Cup, they were the one we were really focused on. Yep. And and they held together. They, so, I, I, And I, Brooks I, almost won the Masters. That's right. He, Man. He got second in the Masters, which 
to him, you ask him, he said he, he choked, and I, I believe he did also. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the best players in the world right now. I think he should be on the Ryder Cup team. Yep, I agree. Um, he's, he's, he's done nothing to me to make me feel like I don't want to watch him golf because of I don't know where he, I mean, what he plays on. I mean, hey, more power to him. Yeah, th- this conversation is far from over, Josh. No doubt. Hey, I just got our guest list here for the really big road show, which is coming up from 5 to 7 here at Growler Hawaii. There are some names I had no idea existed on this guest list, which is kind of cool, including uh, Hawaii baseball coach Rich Hill. Rich Hill's going to be here. He is so tired of me already. <laughs> but he's going to be here coming up. He's a talker. He is a – no, Rich is great. Yeah. Love, love the guy. Uh, he's going to be here at 530. Uh, Iran Gannat's going to be here as well coming up at uh, at the top of the 6 o'clock hour, which is actually good timing that, that Coach Gannat's going to be here because um, men's basketball announced their team awards today, uh, which includes uh, Jovan McClanahan being named um, most improved and player of the year uh, and most inspirational went to Juan Munoz. So, uh, and, and Juan never got to play, but you can see how much of an inspiration he was. So uh, that's kind of neat. Brian Moniz, you know him. He'll, he'll be here coming up Can't at the 6 o'clock hour Can't as well. wait to that's, see Mo. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So uh, I was just told, Hunter, that uh, as we transition into the uh, the really big road show uh, coming up at 5 o'clock, I get a half an hour break at the beginning of the show. And you know what? The last the last five minutes just told me I absolutely need it. Absolutely, absolutely need it. <laughs> it's so much so I've carried this little paper straw wrapper as a stress ball. <laughs> Josh has been through a lot. The last couple weeks, a lot of travel, a lot of shows, and and Tiff Wells is playing him a imaginary small violin over there. So see the funny thing was I I never asked for this, but uh, the the last five minutes have certainly been one of the most oddly entertaining five minutes I have had all year. I'm happy uh, to have played a part. Wait till we go to break. There we go. To, to, to play the part of what just kind of threw me off. <laughs> it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes and I are uh, here at Growler Hawaii. The really big road show is coming up at the top of the hour. So we're pre-gaming you uh, for the big show. Um, there is a, a story of concern today, Hunter. Uh, yeah. we, we've talked about John Morant, um, you know, a bit going back to um, his last social media video that was later deleted what adam silver said uh, about that and then today uh there was a uh, wellness check taken on john morant because he went on social media and he posted some things uh love you ma love you pops um he then said bye after a couple of other posts yikes serious stuff um i don't know who it was that asked for the welfare check, but they went there to his home this morning, and they said he was fine. So, I, I you know, there's a couple of big things to it. You know, we spent some time before talking about what may happen to him, what the league may do, but to me, that almost becomes now secondary yeah. um, to the bigger conversation, which is uh, something's wrong, yeah. you know whether it's a mental health issue, whatever it is, like 
and the team was pointing towards that. You uh -huh. know, when the first uh, post video, I forget what it was, when the first incident happened, and they excused him from team activities so that he could get healthy, they, they, they were talking about the importance of him needing to get right mentally. Yeah. Um, fast forward, and something like this comes out, clearly there's, uh, th th there's a deeper issue here that needs to be addressed. I, I want to play back something you said during a commercial break. I don't remember which commercial break it was, but um, you were talking about what can happen now to athletes yes. when things turn, you know, the social media age that we're in now and how much people are consumed by it. it, it go back to what you were saying yeah. about that and, and how that kind of applies here. So I, it, it's it's certainly a whole new landscape for heroes and villains in professional sports. Yeah. And I think what we're seeing here, um, it, it's two things. Um, the, the first, I think there is something going on mentally with Ja Morant. Put media on the side. First of all, second of all, throw social media in here, and he is being villainized by the masses for a couple of things. You know, some would say it's warranted, some would say it's not warranted. However, you want to label it, it is a tremendous load to put on the shoulders of a young man who may not have had experience with this before. Uh, Memphis is a small market team. Uh, they're hardly ever in the national spotlight yeah. um, unless they're making a playoff run and one of his teammates right. starts talking trash against one of the best players ever. Oh, Dylan Brooks. So I, I think a lot of this is just stacking up, and now he himself is being villainized, and I, I don't know if he can handle it. You know, what can also be hard, I, I know it's easy to throw social media into the conversation, but I'm, I'm going to take social media away for just a second. Yeah. When you go home, you realize that you kind of have to live with what you've done or what you've allowed your friends to do or, or, or whatever it is. And then you turn on the TV and... You know, you, sometimes you, you, you watch sports, you love sports. You know, you turn on a news channel. It, it's you're, you're not just on ESPN with Stephen A. debating you. You're on CNN as they're mentioning your story and they're reading your statement that you put out the next day. Yeah. You know, sometimes you want to get away from it if you know, all right, I've I've done something that I need to come back from. And you may have the wholehearted feeling that, yeah, I, 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 I need to figure this out. And then you go home and you just want the ability to just sit on the couch or sit on a chair and just be able to unwind, just be able to take some of the pressure off. And then you figure, okay, I'll, I'll turn this on. I want to watch a game or something. I want to watch whatever it is. Yeah. And you're, you're right there. Yeah. To, to me, it, it showcases the importance of having a life outside of basketball. Yeah. And I don't know. I truly don't know. I think that that's the, the denominator here. I don't want to make any judgments right of here. Of course. But I just I don't know if he quite has that community for himself outside of basketball that's going to uplift him no matter what, unconditional. Yeah. I, I wonder about that for people like him because, man, season ends. I'm jumping on a plane to Europe the next day uh -huh. to escape.
to 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 look about something else. That the world is bigger than just the Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA. But can you really escape though? You play in a in a sport that is worldwide. It's not just an American sport. It's sure. not just a North American sport. Basketball, professional basketball, is a worldwide sport. Can you really go to Europe? And get away from it all? Can I, I, you really do what LeBron and Dwayne Wade used to do? Yeah, go on a boat? You to know, the Bahamas, be, no phones. Right. Yeah, so I, I don't know if it's completely physically possible to remove yourself. I mean, there's always going to be a TV. There's always going to be Wi-Fi. However, I do think it's on you to take measures into your own hands to distract yourself in some capacity. Enjoy this time off. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be a prison cell that you put yourself in. That uh, You have limitless resource and the world at your fingertips. To, to me, I think, I- explore a little bit. See that there's other things out there besides just your finite world. You know what I also think you need? You know, I know the NFL has done this, and I don't know if the NFL's adjusted how they've done it, but usually you get in your, your rookie symposium. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you do, including media training, um, so that you go in, you're representing yourself, you're representing your franchise, you're representing your league. You know, they also have training for other things in life. They want to prepare you the right way. I don't know if anybody has truly done the kind of training for how to handle social media, and how to handle what the 24-7 news cycle and sports cycle now is because yeah. it's not it's not getting any lighter it's only getting you know more rampant not just on television but also now on streaming platforms um, i think the nba and leagues in general need to look at how they're preparing especially new athletes coming in and i think you got to give the old ones a refresher about how to handle being an athlete in 2023. It's different than being an athlete in 2015. It's be, it's different than being an athlete in 2020. And every once in a while, you got to refresh these courses, and you've got to look out for the well-being of these guys because if you leave some stuff out and some of these guys could be in a very vulnerable position, you may see someone in a position like John Morant that is struggling. Man, I... I just had a, a crazy thought come to mind, Josh. Okay, when I open Instagram, I or any social media, I am immediately hit with posts that are tagged with people mentioning me. Oh, because you're popular. No, I'm just oh. I'm just saying that that is that is the way it goes. Okay. I can only imagine for the sake of someone like John Morant. Not only is he hit with things that he's personally tagged in, but then when you think about the algorithm. Yeah. People just mentioning his name, I guarantee that's hitting his feed right now. So I almost wonder if there needs to be, I, I, I don't know, more more vetting for people like him. Um, and again, this is kind of a unique situation where it's taking a, a negative toll on him. Literally, it is. Where... I don't know if it's necessarily his fault. Th- this side of things. Of I'm, not, I'm yeah. not looking at the other stuff. But to... to it's it's almost inescapable if you think about it from that context where it's going to be put in front of his eyes if he just opens an app. Right. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. You can text us at 808-296-1420. Uh, you can call us at 808-296-1420. Yeah, I think um, social media doesn't make it any easier for sure. Um, 
but sometimes it's actually okay not to be on social media. I know there's a there's a whole there's a whole brand thing, and for a lot of people, creating your brand is is something. Um, to me, if you have a product, or if there's some community service stuff that you do, and you want to put your brand out there, then cool. But if uh, I I think if you're an athlete, you are more you're in a much more negative position than you are in a positive one. If you don't have anything to put out there that is positive or uplifting. I mean, look at Kevin Durant. He just he's, he's snarky, and he gets back at people, and he has burner accounts, and, and, and look what that does. But you've got guys who use their social media accounts to promote charities and to say, hey, you know, I'm working with my teammate or whatever it is. Um, my foundation. Right. So what I'm saying is, like, if you don't have a reason to be on social media as a professional in any industry that you are forward uh, in front of the camera or in front of people where you're not, you cannot just be looked at as a regular person, like you and me. You know, I'd consider myself a regular person. I don't consider myself anybody, but that may not be the same thing to everybody else. Um, You better have a good reason to to be on social media. Now, for me, food picks. Um, You know, or or it would be more realistically how what I do with UH Sports and whatever, yeah. you know, you know, we're here at the ballpark, this person starting, this piece of news, whatever sure. it is, is beneficial. Um, you know, you find your reason. If you don't have a reason, you know you're going to get – you know it's not going to help you shed something. To a certain degree, and I think this is a good tease for the next segment. Oh, cool. Okay. you might be a normal person, but you also have a job. Right. I want to hit that after this next break. Traffic right now. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Got another look at traffic on the way. Uh, Sports Center 10 minutes away as well. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. Uh, and uh, really nice weather outside uh, of Growler, Hawaii, which means it's a little bit warm. Come on in. Nice and cool here. Food's good. Uh, we've got drinks. We've got a salad in front of us. Uh, you know, We're having a good time here with the really big road show coming up in a little bit. You did a tease before the break, so I'm not going to leave you hanging. We were talking about John Morant That's right. uh, before the break. And I had mentioned, you know what, if you don't have anything on social media – and you're a, a popular person, and you're just out there possibly just kind of spewing some negative stuff or nothing that's very useful that's going to really kind of affect you, then maybe you just need to get off of social media, just live your life without it. Um, for me, you know, you and I are, are, are we're kind of regular people, but we're kind of not because we do this. That's right. And so, you know, it's, it's a little bit different for us. Um, you know, I feel like I can still use social media for kind of what's my life, um, but also – What's going on with UH Sports and sports in general, breaking news, whatever. Yep. Um, that gives it some value. Otherwise, what's my purpose? That's right. Um, I did complain on social media last night. I did have a gripe with one of the news stations, and I will not say which news station it was. <laughs> but I had a gripe over, and I realize I'm taking away your tease. Oh, I love it. Um, You're good. There was a news station that was covering a typhoon. And... It was so sensationalized hmm. about the coverage of the typhoon 
Um, because this is the typhoon that's going over Guam. Hmm. You know, when and it's funny because we're we've been going through this recently. Our new partnership with the Federal Emergency Management Agency right. about how to handle. Um, we're getting schooled in it. Yeah, yeah. how to handle events, man-made, etc. And so I see. I, I'm, I'm watching the news yesterday, and I'm seeing one of the news stations talking about. Typhoon Mawar, super typhoon now. Wow! And what is what does one of them put? Violent typhoon Mawar, as one of uh, as part of their graphic that's on the screen. Now, violent is very subjective for an event that hasn't actually made impact as of yet. To me, it's a scare tactic. Yep. Um, Click, violent typhoon. Clickbait. Yes, violent typhoon is not an official name. Super Typhoon is, Typhoon is, Hurricane is, Major Hurricane is, but there is no such thing as Violent Typhoon. And I was, I don't know, I was ticked off about it last night because I thought, wait, this should be about information, not about scaring people about something that it could be that way, but what, what if it isn't? What if a track turns and it doesn't end up being that way? So, okay, I did use social media for that uh, because I felt like it was wrong and that's not how we should be handling sensitive news like that. But anyway, to your tease. Yeah. Um, you were saying, you know, some of it is a little bit different for us, you know, being in our jobs, right? That's right. So you can't unplug from your profession in this day and age. Mm. I think it depends on the profession. Our significant it, others would say otherwise. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, that, 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 that is, that's accurate. Um, but I can't post something on social media as just Hunter Hughes anymore. Mm. Unfortunately, and also fortunately, I'm super thankful to be in this position to co-host alongside you on Off the Bench with ESPN Honolulu. Because of that, we represent ESPN wherever wherever we go. Right. Whether or not that that whether or not we like it, that's just the day and age that we live in. John ja Morant, whether he likes it or not, represents the Memphis Grizzlies wherever he goes. Um, Kyrie Irving represents now the Dallas Mavericks wherever he goes. Yeah. Whenever whenever he ch- I've got Chris Hart booing next to me. Um, Chris is tired. Chris is tired. I'm tired of <laughs> Kyrie Irving, so I'm with him. Yeah. Um, whether or not he likes it, whenever he tweets his Native American uh, indigenous uh, healing stuff, right. that's a reflection on the Dallas Mavericks. Yep. He's an employee of them. That some, some might disagree, but that's just the way it is. So, yes, you are in the public eye, but you are also a member of – an organization that that you are an employee of, which I, I think we need to remember that. Yeah, um, and sometimes one of the ways you handle that, you put on your profile on Twitter or whatever it is, yep. views do not reflect. There you go. Um, well, we can do it. You know, we don't have the same following as a professional athlete. We can do it, um, but a professional athlete can't. A professional athlete can't put down um, views are not those of the Memphis Grizzlies yeah. and get away with it to their million-plus followers. 
um, it's going to be there no matter what because how many of them actually look at their profile? They don't because they know it's John Morant, and they know that that's what they're getting. Um, it is um, it's a tricky dance to, to, to play, but it's one that to me, better safe than sorry tells me if you have any doubt whether you are on social media or not, if you have any doubt, don't press send. That's right. You almost kind of want someone to go to Ja Moran and take away his phone and take away his computer. Say, Ja, come stay with me, and let's let's figure things out for a while. Uh, coming up, Hawaii football. Uh, we're looking ahead to the end of August. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. All right, we're 30 minutes away from uh, the Really big road show uh, here at Growler Hawaii. Chris Hart, Gary Dickman, I'll uh, be around as well. Guest list includes Rich Miano, Rich Hill, Aran Ganat, Brian Moniz, uh, Cleo Baxter. All part of the show from 5 to 7 here at Growler Hawaii right on Kapahulu. Um, Hunter, one of the things about this show, and we've kind of had to fall away from it a little bit because um, we've had the NBA playoffs, and so we haven't had... Uh, as many full shows as we usually do. So we've kind of had to go away from what is supposed to be our niche. They put us on the bench. Kind of. <laughs> the niche is supposed to be, we'll have Hawaii football a day every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as a way to keep Hawaii football in the conversation because you, you're here. Um, and, you know, we haven't had that opportunity, but we have a two-hour show. But we're taking that opportunity right now, Hunter. Here we go. Texter from the 208. Hawaii getting 18 and a half versus Vanderbilt. I don't. I I haven't researched that to see if that's absolutely correct or uh, which sports book is uh, is putting down 18 and a half. So let me ask you if that is true. 18 and a half. Uh, too high. Too low. Just right. Uh, to me, I'm leaning towards just right. Okay. Right now. And speaking of right, Mike Wright. Bingo. The quarterback from last year destroyed us. Yeah. Um, through our uh, diligent research, and by our, I mean your research <laughs> that we just looked up on your iPad, uh, we found that he actually transferred to Mississippi State. That's right. So him not being there actually uh, makes me feel a little bit better. When by we the way, tell people what you said um, during the break. If if we if, if going to Mississippi State was an upgrade over Vandy, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's an upgrade. They're they're both in my mind very bottom shelf mm-hmm. SEC. Uh, after his performance, again, I I'm not looking at his transfer portal options in front of me right now. But I gotta think with the year that he had at Vandy, he probably could have gone anywhere in the Big Twelve. Mississippi State, by the way, nine wins last year. Went to a bowl game. Wow. I know it's it's a shocker. Okay. Well, anyway, then I'm not feeling as bad then for him uh maybe he's got family from that down there and i'm just talking completely out of my booty right now but uh yeah to, to me josh i i if i were him i would have gone probably could have gotten somewhere mid to upper tier in the big 12 uh-huh. and at that point i'm looking at at stats trying to get my name out there for the nfl right. if i'm him because he looked fantastic whenever they came out here and played us in week one uh so to me, that that that's what I'm thinking about right now. I'm sure they've got a handful of guys that um, they're hungry. Be, yeah, that they're they're hungry. They're, uh, 
you know, they're bottom of the, the, the shelf um, SEC, but they still are SEC. They were giant on the offense and defensive line, and it's going to be hard for us to push them around. Yeah, um, Mike Wright was very good. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to find Mike Wright's numbers from last year. Um, 57.4. He, I mean, he didn't play every game, um, but he did have, what, 974 yards passing, but he was a bigger threat rushing. He yep. had 538 yards rushing um, and, and five touchdowns. Four of their five quarterbacks on their roster did not play last year. Wow. I think Seals, uh, no, A.J. Swan, I beg your pardon, was the only one who had some game action last year. I'm also reminded that Vanderbilt is still an SEC team, and as long as Vanderbilt is still an SEC team, that there is usually some kind of a jump that you ultimately have to account for from Hawaii to anybody in that conference, whether Vanderbilt's near the bottom or in the middle or wherever they are at any point in time. I feel like 18-and-a-half is actually kind of low. Mm. Um, I'm going to involve travel, uh, I, I think, in that conversation as to why I would probably put it more at, like, 21-and-a-half as compared to 18-and-a-half. Sure, I, I, I hear you. I would be shocked if we went anything less than a week over there in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, usually anywhere east of the Mississippi, we give it five days uh, on, a, on a normal schedule, but this is week zero for us. So even more so, there, there's no reason to be over here because we played a team the week before. Uh-huh. I, I'd be shocked if we go out there with anything less than a week to get used to um, the travel, the climate, everything over there. I feel like that's something where uh – that, that's a that's a Timmy Chang with yeah. Craig Angelus conversation. Hey, let's and, and I'm sure Craig probably understands um, that he's not someone that is you know um, unaware of the importance of that. I'm sure he's probably agreeing. Yeah, if you can get you out a week before, I would even say treat the Vanderbilt game like you might treat the Vegas game. Mm. You know, like well. In Vegas, you're probably going to go out what a little bit earlier, but um, maybe not super early. But you're going to make that like it's a home game for you. Yep. Treat treat the Vanderbilt game like it is Hawaii and Nashville. Make something big of it. Let's get Ian Tongi to perform out there mm. uh, one of those nights. Let's um, you know let's let's get some some entertainment out there to make it feel a little more like home as compared to making it feel like a one-week road trip. Mm. Make it feel a little bit bigger um, from, from your vantage point. If you don't do it and you treat it like it's a, a business trip going away, it's going to be a long road trip. It's going to be a long business trip, and it's not going to be the successful one you want. I like that thinking. I like that. Th- anything to, you know, it, almost like uh, a bowl-esque environment, perhaps. Yeah. You know, could, And could you get by doing gestures like that on the cheaper end of things uh, you're, you're not going to be able to do uh you know a trip to wet and wild and uh a, a luau for both teams or anything like that what you would normally get during a a bowl environment but it's a long way uh-huh. um and we took care of them when they came here vandy made out very well whenever they came over here a lot of their family and uh friends i remember seeing them at practice um, the week prior, 
and uh, met a lot of those those folks, and they showed out. Like yeah. their their uh, away fans were were full on on that side of the Ching complex. So who knows? Um, maybe some of that southern hospitality will be spread to us as well. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, realistically, for me, I, we were talking about this during the break about Hawaii going into the run and shoot. I I don't feel like going to Vanderbilt is going to give us the best impression of how the run and shoot's going to look early. Yeah. I don't feel like hosting Stanford on a Friday night is going to give us the best impression of how the run and shoot's going to be successful. Sadly, Albany might be that team that is the test dummy in week three or week two, but the third game yep. um, of where Hawaii's run and shoot offense is. Um but I think those first two games will be more will be less about the run and shoot, and will be more about overall talent and depth. Mm. And I think for for some people, they're going to have to kind of rearrange their their expectations or thinking based on that. That it is again less about because because you know how people are. Yep. People here, it's it's run and shoot. And if the run and shoot's not working, then everything is chaos. Everything is wrong if the run and shoot doesn't look perfect because we've been so spoiled in the past with the run and shoot. So you look at it that from that sense, people are going to have to change their perspectives about week zero and week one. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to change their perspective about week three in the Oregon game. Um, I want to know going into conference play, not necessarily how my offense looks. I want to know going into conference play how much depth my team has. Yeah. Because there were portions of this team last year that didn't have it. Oh, big time. Especially and especially on the defensive end. I would even say on the receiver side, too. Oh, you're right. The, the yeah. minute that uh, Pinocchio went down, uh, we, we really struggled. And then uh, Zion Bowens went down, too. Yep. We were struggling to find a perimeter outside threat. And for the run and shoot, that, that that's detrimental to yep. our offense. And, you know, one thing – to uh, kind of counter what you were just saying, one thing that I will really look forward to is how quickly we can get Braden Shaker to get the ball out of his hands. Mm. Um, even against a bigger team that we may not be able to run against super heavy, we can. nothing stops us from getting the ball out of our hands in a shotgun set. So uh, to me, we can still do that and see if we can't piece a couple of drives together and get on the board and see what happens. Yeah. So, again, I, I uh, will definitely err on the side of optimism. I will until the day I die for Hawaii. But uh, that's what I'm most looking forward to right now in the Timmy Chang era of the run and shoot. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, if you've been playing quarterback your entire life and you have kind of you, you have your own mental clock, yep. you have your own tendencies on how you do things, how you read defenses, you can have someone – work with you on tempo and timing but how how difficult is it to implement when you've been doing things a certain way for so long uh it is difficult uh especially if you're doing it on a quick turnaround now luckily these guys the majority of this this quarterback core at university of hawaii has been here from last fall yeah came in during the fall camp um uh, joey yellen came in that was uh probably our, our latest edition of guys that are going to have uh, a chance at, at the field this, this season. Uh, but him, uh, Jake Farrell, and, uh, and Shager have all been here, a part of this, and have gotten substantial reps for 
going on a calendar year and a half now under the run and shoot. So to it is difficult to uh, to agree with you, but they have had plenty of reps to get their uh, to get their timing right. Our text line is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420 as well. Uh, we'll get to some of those on the other side. Final words on the other end as well here from uh, Growler Hawaii. I know final words sounds like it's kind of early uh, <laughs> yeah. because this show uh, gets an hour. Uh, Semi-final. An, an kind of. It gets an hour reprieve because of the really big road show. That coming up right now, a look at traffic. This is Off the Bench, ESPN Honolulu. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Great to have you in. All of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Uh, they proudly support our military during military month. Our guest list for the really big road show uh, coming up here uh, at the top of the hour. Rich Miano. Uh, guys in the studio have the dump button ready for Rich Miano. Um, Rich Hill. You don't need the dump button ready for Rich. Rich is awesome. Uh, Iran Ganat, as uh, Hawaii men's basketball announced their uh, team awards for uh, for this past year. Brian Moniz, former University of Hawaii quarterback, and uh, Kaleo Baxter from the uh, from the volleyball team. Uh, they're all going to be on the show. Plus, uh, really good food. I can't wait till uh, after seven o'clock when I can uh, kind of finally dig in because I have a rule. Um, I don't like to eat during shows. Because uh, I, I, I don't like to be messy. <laughs> well, I, I share that sentiment with you. And uh, I don't like to eat because uh, I'm a loud chewer. So I, I care about those oh. listening. And uh, oh. would rather them not hear me eating buffalo wings. You're a loud chewer. I'm a loud chewer. Have you gotten lots of complaints about your loud chewing? Not about on the air. I have that discipline. At home? Oh, yes. Oh. And from my siblings <laughs> growing up, of course. Can you chew your chicken quietly, please? It's not something you could fix. I mean, there's there is something mystical, Josh. You grew up with siblings, right? I have one. Okay, I I have four. Okay, I'm the oldest of five. There is something, and I even feel it towards them. If I'm sitting next to one of my siblings and I hear them chewing, there it infuriates me. Okay, I, I don't know what it is, but it immediately penetrates to my heart and, and I just I, I, I want to tackle them and I, I can't even I can't even itemize what it is but it gets me going I don't know who this is texter from the 513 he is a loud chewer very annoying oh shut up Solomon <laughs> I know that's him <laughs> boy I was not expecting you that <laughs> <laughs> says he eats McChickens oh so loud. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. On to oh, other man. things. Yeah. I. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Either I don't – yeah, it's definitely him. Um, <laughs> I, I don't notice either I'm not paying attention or the people I'm eating around actually are quiet chewers, but I don't really notice it. I guess I haven't eaten next to you. So uh, I, I don't know yet. We'll, we'll, we'll be the judge at that point. Is it that I just don't pay attention? Or is it just that you're actually a softer chewer than they say you are? <laughs> uh, we'll find out. All right. Uh, final words. we got a lot of time today, Hunter. Uh, yeah. So uh, take your time on your final words. I ran across a very interesting article uh, by Bill Connolly, ESPN staff writer. 
He ranked the top 75 quarterbacks during the 2000s era. Okay. Okay. One of the reasons I'm bringing it up is because Hawaii had two quarterbacks listed on that list. Uh, one was Timmy Chang, listed him at number 73. Okay. And the other, of course, was Colt Brennan. They had Colt at number 42. Um, I wanted to gripe on this list uh, just oh, for a few things. This. Okay. Couple notables that they put in front of Timmy. Okay, we're gonna do in front of Timmy first, and then we're gonna do in front of Colt second. Gotcha. Okay, so they have Zach Wilson in front of Timmy Chang. That would be BYU's. That own would Zach all Wilson. yes. They have Max Duggan from TCU from last season. Wait, I thought two thousands. I thought we were talking. So about from two thousands until present. Oh, okay. From I, the year two thousand to the year two thousand twenty-three. Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking decades. So I would have thought two thousand to two thousand nine. That's 10 right. Or whatever. So okay. from gotcha. yeah, the last twenty-three years. So in this century. That's okay. right. Gotcha. They, he, I, I am not taking away from this rider. They put so much emphasis on current or recent quarterbacks. Than the, than the past to me. I mean, okay. t- Timmy held the record for all-time leading passing yards for the NCAA for a long time, and you're putting Max Duggan in front of him? Ooh. That's steep to me. Okay. Okay. What other gripes do you have? Let's let's go in front of of uh, in front of Colt. Yeah, Colt is at 42. Um, yeah, a couple of these. They put Mac Jones in front of Colt Brennan. Oh, yeah. No, I disagree. I'm not okay with that. Mac Jones is where? Uh, Mac Jones is 38. They put Stetson Bennett in front of him at 37. Stetson Bennett yet to graduate. Yet to graduate. Uh, and how many years is he in college? Gosh, I think I think they counted at <laughs> I think seven. They said seven, yeah. They put Kaepernick in front of him. Cool. I can debate that one. Potentially, uh, I I think Colt had better numbers. Okay. See, here's where I think it's tough. Is there is a numbers game? Yes. I think there is also an impact to the game that I think you also add in the conversation. And sometimes, like, stats don't always equal impact. So, I think of Max Duggan. Um, I look at TCU's unlikely run. Yep. To the college football playoff national championship. Okay. And that unlikely run from where they were projected to be in the Big 12 standings, how they rose all the way up there, to me that gives Max Duggan almost like 10 more spots. Which because is, he which, made an unlikely run. Colt Brennan's unlikely yep. run to the BCS was huge. Um, but Max Duggan's had a different kind of characteristic to it. Which him. is why they put Kellen Moore so high. Uh-huh. For Boise State, yeah. because of their unlikely run, them beating o- Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, yeah. all of those those things. Now, that to me, I, I think it's a little bit uh, biased for us here from Hawaii, where he means so much to us over here. Of course, maybe not at the same level in the national landscape, but Colin Kaepernick, the college player, much different than Colin Kaepernick, the professional. So to me, I, I, I don't think that, that that is merited right there. Okay. One person excluded from this list, which I think is crazy, Michael Vick. 
not even on this list. And I think it's because he played the majority of his time in the late 90s. Okay. But he was on the roster into the into the 2000s, which in my mind, he should be top five. Okay, but if most of his time was most of his time is in the 90s, right? So if you're taking whatever he did in the 2000s, there's the least amount of impact there. I would have a hard time putting him in. Just for that, that last yeah. season? Yeah. Okay. I mean, as to other guys who have much more years of impact in the game. But you can all – let's go back to Max Duggan on, on that same point. Max Duggan's college career as of right now yeah. is going to be defined by one season. Hmm. That may be where your recency bias comes in because of one season that changed the col- – not maybe not changed the college landscape – but upended the college landscape for that year. Any guesses on who number one is? Uh, You're going to be mad. I don't know. Just tell me. Baker Mayfield. Well, why would I be mad at that? I thought Baker Mayfield should have been the number one pick in the draft, and he was. Well, why would I be mad at Baker Mayfield? I'm not putting him in front of him in front of Vince Young or Tebow. Okay. I think they're way more of an impact. When you talk about impact, those two are way bigger to me. Cam Newton was number two, by the way. Uh, okay, I can see Cam. Um, You're going to put him in front of two guys that won national championships? Baker never won even a college football playoff game. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But was Baker Mayfield really, really, really good? He was good, and he had heart. Cam- I loved his style, but he's, it's not bigger than Tebow or Vince Young. See, Tebow, I could see. Um, I could see not putting him in front of Tebow. Cam wasn't a Division One college football player his entire career, yeah. if I recall correctly. So he didn't have a large stint. So he's getting credit for what he did in really a small sample. It's like last season and yeah. a half. So I, I think yeah. you have to kind of kind of note that as well. But uh, no, I could see Baker. I, I I would probably go Baker Tebow than uh, uh, than Cam. 